Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and with me, as always, your co-host. He just got back from review bombing Captain Marvel. It's Griffin Davis. Yeah, and just like the healing bombs of the new Baptiste character, it was a positive bomb. Dig yourself out of that one, but yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. I assume it's very good. I haven't seen it yet, and I... But I know it's very good. I know it's the best. Yeah, I believe in it. I believe in the woke potential of this movie. Exactly. Uh, and, and until I see it, you know, we'll, we'll come back with a movie review of Captain Marvel. You know, really put dig ourselves into a, a corner. Yeah, no, it'll be good to get in trouble. Um, that's what I love to do. <laughs> oh, Lux, sorry. I need to, I need to shake off my this this tech energy for a second. Uh, you know, we we probably as professionals shouldn't mention that we spent the last hour dealing with with tech issues, but we did. My computer's and it was a like war. full on broke. <laughs> yeah, Lux's computer officially melted. Yeah, I like straight up. I have to take it to the store tomorrow. It's truly fucked up now. You gotta go to the store, but buddy, I've been trying it's to South sh- by Southwest right now in Austin. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it insanely is. How is that going on? How uh, well, is here's that? a fun... It's already begun to poison my life. Here's a fun example. <laughs> um, yesterday was the party for the PWR show. Um, mm-hmm. It was a grand success. Everyone loved it. We had uh, record numbers for all in all categories. But I was late to get there because a Ride Austin rideshare canceled on me. Not once, not twice, but three times. Because of mm, I like that they can just. Re- I like that uh, there's like you can be rejected by like a business. That's fun. Yeah, they're just like, oh, you know what? We could charge surge prices to grab someone downtown. So, uh, fuck you, uh, North Austin guy. <laughs> but uh, Lux, have you have you done any sick South by Southwest's you know games or interactive stuff? I have not because I've been putting on this wrestling show, so I've been a little busy <laughs> until today. So you didn't go and see Howard Schultz? No, I missed uh, the Man of Wealth. I believe. You didn't get to see to Coffee called. Boy? I didn't get to see the big handsome Coffee Boy. Um, I didn't get to see Alexander Cortez either. Uh, when did, when did like, South by Southwest used to be about, like, music and tech and, like, video games, and now it just feels like it's, like, the DNC. Like, what is going on? Like, why are there so many politicians there? Um, I think a lot of it is that the sort of language, this is, I mean, a real thing, but the sort of language of, like, the tech startup and the tech sector has really penetrated politics in a very specific way. Such that like politicians can talk about the same kind of management and like people moving techniques that they talk about at like South by Interactive, about, like psychology of employers and stuff. But that's like a real bummer. So, so do think you think about. you're gonna you're gonna you think you're gonna catch Schultz with like a VR headset? Like you're gonna do some Oculus Rift with uh, Nancy Pelosi? I would love I would love to play a little Resident Evil Seven on the PSVR <laughs> with Nancy Pelosi. Um, show her how the other half lives. Uh, constantly terrified. Um, well, Lux, on my end, you know, it's been a very tranquil week uh, for me. Oh, cool. And on those tranquil weeks, I like to dig into the PlayStation Plus free games of the month. This week was, I mean, this month for PlayStation Plus games is incredible. First, you've got The Witness, which is this amazing puzzle game. Oh, so good. Uh, that is kind of breaking my my brain. You're like on an island in this really just kind of beautiful artwork. Uh, and all the puzzles are very like sensory based, like based on like perspective or like reflections in the water. Uh, and 
it's just really brave for me to be playing this game because I'm so dumb. Yeah, no, I was going to say, how's it going? Like the courage, it takes a lot of courage to play a game you know you'll be bad at, especially for you who hates being bad at games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I feel like I am catching my stride slowly but surely with the game. And like once I do figure out one of the puzzles, it's so satisfying. Um, So uh, that's the first one I've been playing. But then the second free game, not to, you know, it's like what a month this is going to be because the second game is Call of Duty Modern Warfare remastered the original modern warfare uh which you know is fun it's like a game i would never buy again you know but it's like a cool nostalgia trip to like play through those old levels again and it's like a fun game you know it's like before its time it was pretty next level uh, and it's still kind of fun to play through yeah no it's a it w- that sounds pretty good i like revisiting the remasters and stuff i always get bored because it's like i've done this before but when it's free it's like you cannot complain you know yeah no i mean Look, any game is fun when it's free. That's what I always say. Um, I say it every day. People are always telling me to stop saying because I say it so fucking much. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, look, man, I'll be honest with you. There's not been a lot going on in my life this week because of PWR and the wrestling thing. Um, if anyone who's listening contributed, thanks a lot. It was a great success. But because of that, I haven't really been doing anything. So I think we should just get to the guest and get going. Yeah, I mean, like, let, yeah, we're both colossal losers. So we do I just not have a, a lot to talk huge about. show that was very successful. You just don't want me to talk about it. So let's move on to the fucking guest. Um, you're right. Let's move on to the fucking guest because it is quite the fucking guest. Oh, yeah, Guys, I'm really excited about this one because as we know, uh, I love the sketch team Patsy. And it has been my mission to slowly collect them all all on this podcast uh, Pokemon we've gotten a lot of the heavy hitters but we're about to bring on uh, one of the legends uh, one of the, the ones that's been men- name dropped multiple times on this podcast he is a very funny sketch comedian he's on the team Patsy welcome to the podcast Andrew Parker Scott hello Game Boys <laughs> listeners both of you uh- <laughs> Uh, that's, a, it's, that's a good hello. Yes. We have to stop telling uh, people we don't have any listeners now that we actually have listeners. Like we just, it's like a weird lie that we're perpetuating. Now, be withholding. Make them want to be acknowledged more. That's uh, yeah, they should they should be fighting for uh, exposure. Exactly. You just discussed a business that willingly rejects its customers, <laughs> and it's just like you know, it's, it's an exclusive thing. So don't acknowledge your listeners. I. See where this goes. Passive aggressive. It might be a winning strategy. Yeah, who, yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's true. We have no idea what gave us our boost in the first place. Maybe it was that we've just kept talking about how much we suck. Um, <laughs> but we're very excited to have you on uh, because, you know, we've had other people uh, talk, talk about uh, talk about you and <laughs> talk about uh, your performance uh, style, which is uh, very interesting to me. Uh, you just make me laugh when you say anything. Uh, you're just such a funny weirdo on stage. Ah, ah thank you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, point, it's a compliment and it hurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you, you don't ever want to be the funny, cool guy. Like, mm. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, I've uh, given up on that a long yeah, time that ago. That just seems like unattainable is the thing about that. No. Oh, Um, But uh, you always uh, you've always uh, made me laugh on stage. And you just told me uh, before the podcast that uh, you're doing a video game sketch or you just submitted one about the new Devil May Cry game. Uh, Yeah, maybe Devil May Cry in general. Uh, It's because honestly, I uh, for Halloween this year, I bought a high quality Dante costume and it looked great. 
Uh, I was proud of it. I even went down to the big Hollywood carnival and all that and walked around and took pictures with people. But at the end of the day, I spent, I, I'm a, I'm a, I was a grown man who spent too much on a <laughs> costume I was wearing for one goddamn day. So you just, sometimes you find yourself in that situation where you spent too much money on your costume. No, exactly. I mean, that's, honestly, that's actually a PWR problem that we have. A lot of the costumes we have <laughs> and characters that we write are because we spent like three hundred dollars in a costume and only used it once. <laughs> and we were like, well, we got to do more with the, like this leather jacket. It, exactly. <laughs> so that way, if I use this in a sketch, it's no longer an eccentricity. It is an investment. It's a business opportunity. Ex- so <laughs> so I can call my parents and say, like, see, I'm not an overgrown child. I thought this through. Now, uh, hot tip for all you costume buyers out there. I've been doing the life hack lately where I just buy shit on Amazon and just return it a week later. And they're just such a big company. They just do not care. Well, now they're going to know because you've now you've made it public. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh, shit. No, we've got listeners now. I can't. I got to stop staying this shit. Dude, the you're... Amazon hit squad just going to come in through the windows and take you away one day. <laughs> you need sponsors. <laughs> But uh, Andrew, this is a video game podcast, not a costume podcast. Mm. And if there is a costume podcast, more power to Listen you. Listen to that instead. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. All right, then. But uh, this, is, uh, this is a video game podcast. Uh, what is your relationship currently with video games? I am, I guess, a renewed gamer. I I played quite a few video games, I would say, uh, you know, as a kid through high school. And I took a huge break. I would say from college until maybe a year and a half ago because it was just like one of those things where I grew up on a farm and there really wasn't for me a lot to do. So video games was uh, a good hobby to have. But as soon as that, like, what kind of farm? Uh, basically a farm farm, not like a ranch. I mean, we had animals here and there briefly, and that was mostly for, like, me and my brothers to raise for 4-H and, like, be a character builder and all that stuff Whoa. to raise cows and pigs this and sell This is like Animal them. Crossing. Yeah, pretty much. Stardew Valley, right? It does sound like Stardew with, Valley. <laughs> only with way more emotional attachment. <laughs> I got really attached to people in Stardew Valley. It's, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Do you love your dad as much as I love this character oh, I love Stardew the drunk guy from the, the, from <laughs> yeah. the convenience store <laughs> well here's the thing though i uh i i raised two calves in one year sold one of them but we couldn't sell the other but you can't have a cow as a pet so we sell it to the local butcher and oh, next no. time i saw that cow was in a freezer Devastating. so it's kind of, here's the funny thing though i honestly think the love makes it taste better at least you get a little something back on the back end of that trade. A little bit. Uh, yes, uh, I would say I, I will say uh, Swifty was uh, a delicious pet. Just not uh, swift enough. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> well, cows I've been in. Aren't ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was the trust. But no, I, uh, I I'd say I got back into video games. Uh, it's just like there's just more. There's a lot of stuff to do. And it's like, you know, my options were maybe open. But about a year and a half ago, I ended up just needing to blow off a little extra steam so i found an xbox one refurbished uh fairly cheap and first two games i got were titanfall uh, titanfall 2 Mm. shouts out to respawn and apex legends yeah and uh Yes, yeah, so, and uh, Titanfall Two was great. Although I wish I would have known how few people were actually playing it on online, because it, it would have been like maybe a ten to fifteen minute wait before I could get into a multiplayer match and just uh, get slaughtered without mercy. That's what happens when you play those old old online games because they're the only people that left are the people that are obsessed with it, yeah. and there's like 
third 300 people left to fight and they're all insane yeah. and she and using the hacks and stuff yeah it was like it was like lambs to the slaughter i did not stand a chance yeah Haley here with a funny joke more like baby cows to the slaughter that's yeah. what's tough it's yeah. like almost the like truly the best time to like start an online game is like when it comes out because like everyone's at like a similar level like playing right field, well it's nicer you know? when you can be on like the like sort of the broader like group learning curve yeah, then, like I've been playing Apex Legends uh, and I already kind of started playing too late because every game I log in, it shows it shows everyone's stats when you get into a party. So like I've been joining parties with like two dudes that each have like 600 kills and this many wins. And then like my board comes up next to them. It's like two kills, <laughs> no <laughs> wins, is a loser. Like, <laughs> At least the game's accurate though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was not prepared though on multiplayer games though, the idea that people can talk live to each other. Mm. And like I hadn't played games like that before. And it's just amazing how little people have to actually say. It's just basically a lot of uh, taunts and heavy breathing. Yeah. It's, oh, it's 90% heavy breathing. The breathe, yeah. that's, yeah. Why, that's a big part of why I don't play online talkie games. It's because I don't like hearing people breathe very close to my ears. You don't want to hear them eating? Honestly, like, it's like, I guess it would break down categorically to like, like 10% actual dialogue, like 60% heavy breathing, and then like 30% bong rips, like just like ambient bong rips. You know that, that bong just... rips are just focused heavy breathing, right? Yeah. That's just heavy breathing oh, yeah. towards a goal. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Those are a Venn diagram. Uh... But yeah, like, it's funny because I think that... Uh, majority of the online experiences I've been having lately have been positive, but then randomly one game in Overwatch, people were so mean to me. <laughs> and I'm not even bad at Overwatch, but they were just so brutal to me. And it like definitely like bummed me out for like 20 minutes. I am terrible at Overwatch because uh, I, I never want to be a healer. <laughs> and I just pick the same character, the one that's like the Egyptian lady, and I just go death from above. Symmetra. Oh, Symmetra. Fair. Where Farrah. I just fly up in the mm -hmm. air, I like rocket boost as high as I can, sure. and just rain down holy fire on everyone. That is yeah. my only strategy. And I don't even know if I hit anybody. Yeah, that's a good strategy, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that doesn't but, like the right way to play that character. I haven't played that. <laughs> I don't play that game much anymore. Yeah, the other game was Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, Ooh. sure. Hell yeah, that's a great way to get back in the game. As a lifelong Batman fan, that was I, I lost my mind. It was it was uh, it was Nirvana. I could not get enough of that game. It was really cool, and I suggest going back and playing uh, Arkham City, uh, which I think does even better like fan service to characters that you don't normally get to see in the movies. Mm. Uh, like they do a better job at like expanding uh, all the different villains and all the different side characters. Yeah, I, I I mean, I wasn't expecting to see some of these in this game where it's like, oh, like there's, uh, I think it's Firefly and these yeah. other ones are just kind of obscure, but it's really cool. It's also the only time I've seen the Scarecrow be a really intimidating villain. Sure. Because in most cases, he's just scrawny and kind of a throwaway villain. In this case, like, no, he is a serious threat. Yeah, He's like a physical, more physical presence in this one. Whereas, like, I think the Cillian Murphy mm -hmm. thing is like a little more like evil nerd yeah in this case you have john noble voicing him and john noble just has a phenomenal voice mm -hmm. and uh and it was just really cool to hear mark hamill and the others just doing their thing and it was like playing the experiences as close to living the experiences you can get until some crazy like sword art on art online ready player one thing happens when we just jack in but until now this is as good as it gets i can't i can't wait to jack into ready player one and just 
ride on King Kong. Yeah. Meet Freddy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just, just, <laughs> I think, I wonder if we'll just be bathed in nothing but pop culture references like that movie is. Because nobody, aside from the main characters, really created their own identity. Everybody else was just going as Freddy and Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Could they, could they create character create at all? Well, the the main characters got to change their looks, but oh, every yeah. everyone else was going as like you know the Battle Toads and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Halo guys. Right, kind of strange. Yeah, and I get the point. It's like yeah, there's just so much nostalgia that no one thinks of anything anymore. Yeah, because if there was a character creation, then everyone would play as Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Shrek for life, for, for for reasons of justice and truth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready Player Shrek, my my soon sequel that I'm pitching to. Sp- to the Berg. To class, mm-hmm. to Stevie Spiels. To, to, for his Netflix oh, uh, empire. Oh, well, now you've just doomed us for all time. You've alienated Amazon. You've alienated Steven Spielberg. Sorry. Yeah. Uh. Uh, we do live like four blocks from the, the Netflix building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty easy to just like throw a rock at their window yeah. and pitch a TV show. Grimm likes and to it- wrap a pilot around a brick <laughs> and just chuck it through a third floor window <laughs> at Netflix. <laughs> Honestly, they're grateful. They're like, oh, God, we needed one. Yeah, yeah, because the one thing Netflix doesn't have is enough content. <laughs> That's the they problem have, dude, with Netflix is they're just not putting out enough stuff. They have so much content. They don't even have desks or chairs in their <laughs> office because there's too many employees. Yep. Oh, no, I've I've heard that uh, they're encouraging people. They'll pay for it. They'll pay for people to Uber to and from work because they don't have the parking structure to handle that anymore. Oh, my God. It's just like they wanted the real estate, but they didn't consider the cost. They didn't consider the humans. Yeah, they didn't consider the parking. But it, uh, instead of considering an evil corporation, we, could, we should consider uh, a just franchise, uh, which is the franchise you brought on. For this week, which I'm very excited about. But before we talk about that, we should get into a little bit of history about this game. In the early 1990s, two game designers at Midway Game Chicago had the idea of making a fighting video game starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was to be a tie-in game to an upcoming Van Damme film, Universal Soldier. But the movie deal eventually fell through, and the idea morphed into a horror fantasy-themed fighting game titled Mortal Kombat. Released in 1992, Mortal Kombat became an instant hit at arcades around the world. Mortal Kombat 2 released in 1993 with improvements on the core gameplay and style, but everything was about to change because Mortal Kombat 3 was going to be the first in the series to step out of the arcade and come straight to your home console. Surely this would be the pinnacle of the franchise, the new standard for all future fighting games to follow. Or so we thought. Rather than tweaking and refining the previous game, they made massive changes to characters, style, artwork, and the iconic fatality system the franchise was heralded for. It released in 1995 for the PlayStation 1 and later to other consoles to massive sales but mixed reception. This week, the Game Boys decide just how mixed that reception should have been with Mortal Kombat 3. All right, well, first of all, thank you for bringing this game on because this game fucking rips. And fuck you for bringing this game on because I don't like fighting games. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's one of our big distinctions is that I fucking love them. It's the one one franchise whose name has to be screamed, Mm -hmm. basically. I didn't scream it loud. It's not Mortal Kombat, it's (laughs) Mortal Kombat (laughs) 3. Yeah, that's pretty on point. But so of Mm -hmm. all the the MKs, (laughs) 
out there. Why why was three the one you picked for the show? Uh, part three, I figure because it was a major turning point for the series. Because uh, part two is you know such an overall improvement on the formula. It's su- it was such a playable game. But part three is where it just seemed like they just started throwing stuff at it. Like it's the total '90s thing where it's like you don't have to make things better. You just have to make things more extreme. And what they did there is they just kind of made the aesthetic more freakish. Uh, they added another unnecessary thing like the animality. And honestly, the, the, the fighting mechanics, honestly, were, I think, taken down a couple of notches. I, I really don't think they improved on a lot what was there. So it was also kind of like at the time of peak Mortal Kombat culture, because right around then they released a second Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which shall ever go down in infamy. And oh, that movie kind of rips. It sucks ass, but it also kind of rips. Honestly, this is one thing I'll say that's good about Mortal Kombat. I watched that movie at skateboard camp. (laughs) It was fucking sick. Now, which one? Annihilation or Mortal Kombat? Uh, Maybe the original Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat, the first one, is way different than Annihilation. Annihilation is chaos. Yeah, Annihilation's Um, a fucking psycho movie. I still kind of like it because it's a psycho movie, but it's definitely a weird, fucked up movie. Yeah, the thing is, though, is like the peak of the culture, it's also like the last one before they go into 3d characters because part four is when they kick things in but it's kind of like it sets it on a path that the series really didn't recover from until maybe part nine mm-hmm. when they released that for i think the playstation 3 which kind of reminds us of reminds me of like the the madden episode we did with dom which mm-hmm. is like oh like the series had been going on like a nice curvature but then like the people decided to just throw some wrenches in the system yeah. kind of yeah and in this case it's just a lot of not necessarily better just more uh they decided they kept the palette swap kind of thing but instead of keeping one of the favorites they introduce cyrax and sector as two palette swept ninja robots uh instead of a goro they just bring in uh shiva who's uh you know a female goro in uh a really scantily clad which that i'm sure awakens something in someone one day only, yeah only one person yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's also Very where, uh, speci- this is also where like a uh, night wolf shows up for the first time. <laughs> yes. Well, then let's oh. talk about the characters first. Then, because didn't they remove some iconic characters from this one? Yep. Yeah. They, no, remo- who did they lose. They lost a bunch of. And so, like, that's the first well, thing. Scorp- is- Scorpion's gone, right? No, yeah. no Scorpion. Yeah, which is crazy because that's one of the only ones that me as a non-MK fan even recognize. So it's like it's interesting because they're like, okay, guys, we're finally giving you the game that's going to come to consoles, you know? But it's like we're going to take away some of your favorite characters i just don't get that yeah they did that and they replaced uh johnny cage what was clearly a really lame stand-in with striker yeah striker is so bad and his his costume is so ridiculous he's just got a a multicolored t-shirt backwards baseball cap he's supposed to be like a riot cop and yeah that's he's like yeah he's like part of some sort of elite riot cop brigade or something like that but he looks I'm not sure. I'm dressed like a stoner. Like what is his outfit? Even his expression. If you look at his expression, the versus thing right there, (laughs) just looks like he's smelling a wet fart. Uh, (laughs) I don't understand him. But if I were a fighter, I would be Striker because he's the guy that brings guns and grenades and stuff like that. And I'm like, 
if it was an old no holds barred fight, that makes total sense. But he's got the dumbest, lamest costume. I do love I do love the characters in fighting games. They're like, I'm gonna use a gun instead. <laughs> like that's always great. It's like great, and uh, that makes so much sense. Uh, so yeah, these characters they 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 take out some of the favorites, and that's real dumb. Uh, but then they add they add some things. Yeah. Uh, so they added these new fatalities now for people who don't know like the fatalities are like one of the, like the biggest parts of this game yeah so the fatalities which are a big part of my relationship to this game um in mortal kombat 2 they added babalities and brutalities and friendships sure. and then in mortal kombat 3 they bring all those back but they also added the animality and the mercy yeah. and the way the mercy works is if you beat someone twice you can give them mercy where they get a little more health back uh, and if you do that and then beat them and put in the right inputs, then you can do an animality. It's the only way that an animality works if you do a mercy yeah. first. But like mm-hmm. that was, I loved that shit because I was yeah. all about like my big attraction to Mortal Kombat games because honestly, I think mechanically they are like vastly inferior to Street Fighter games. Yeah. Um, is that uh, they have this built in mechanical shit talking system of the fatality, babality, animality, friendship system. And I fucking love that. That like if someone's like a real chump, you can just hit them with the babality and make it's them embarrassed. Just- it's just progressively humiliating your opponent. Yeah, and much. I'm, into, I'm very into that. Yeah, uh, very into turning my opponent into a shame pig. I had, I had, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's like my that's... main thing when it comes to that game. Well, it's because the problem with, and and this is a problem that was actually worsened in three from two, with these games is that like the spamming the low kick strategy. Mm. is like insanely viable which like is a real problem for a video game yeah this is also proof to see i found out that i'm like i thought i was a great gamer as a kid through high school but it turns out that i was in such a small pond that no i was i'm not a great gamer at all so mortal Kombat was perfect for me because is the game i could win through cheap shots Mm -hmm. there was no skill involved which which kind of i think brings me to the next thing, which is like they added combos in this one, yep. uh, which was kind of divisive. Uh, I guess lots of fighting games like do the combo system now. And I guess there's like two sides to this debate. Like one side is it's like fun to just have the moves like in the first two where kind of anyone can pick up and play it. And it's just about like using the moves right and being dexterous. But this new way of like there's these kind of pre-programmed combos that you have to kind of learn about the characters and remember and like once you start doing one of the combos your character's locked into that combo uh, and really the only way to truly succeed in the game is to know the combos uh how did, where'd you fall on this on this in these camps i tried I, honestly it's one of those things i'm not that great at putting together but i do think it was a necessary addition for the uh, series to survive because you do want people to try to be the best at something that requires some skill like uh i mean like a person that can string together a good combo you're going to get in a competition so i think you need the diehards to keep the series alive you can't just have a bunch of you know just people who are curious because uh people people get thrown in head first to sequels all the time there's always a chance to learn but you want people to keep coming back yeah. And like you, you look at part 10, uh, that fighting system is way more sophisticated than anything in the earlier ones. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, and I'm inclined to agree. I think it's really necessary. But I do think, again, this is I'm going to talk about how much I hate this low kick thing a lot. <laughs> but like you're able to break up combos with that stupid fucking low kick maneuver or with like a couple other things. 
And so a lot of times, like you'd try and string a combo together, and then you're and you just sit in the corner and be like, no, no, and just do like pokey leg kicks to break up your combos. And that was just like kind of infuriating because it was like the only way I can win is in this combo, but I can't because you're just crouching and kicking outwards over and over again, Liu Kang. Yeah. Like, like, well, I'm trying to chop you in half with my hat because I play Kung Lao mostly. <laughs> um, and like it was infuriating. I hated that shit. It was such. It's such. Uh, the games were really they're rooted in being just so petty because uh, yeah, you could be a poor sport and be the best Mortal Kombat player ever because. Yeah, you don't care about combos and stuff like that. It's like you could be the best and you have zero talent at this. Mm-hmm. And I I would say I, I'd say for me, maybe it wasn't the gameplay mechanics that got me into it, but I was like the right age to absorb a lot of this stuff where it was just cool because the whole aesthetic is it's it's modeled towards people who are like 12 or 13 years old it's super intense it's super grim it's violent there's like scantily clad women everywhere it's everything your overprotective parents are afraid video games are yeah well it's a classic like the aesthetic is time to fight fight who literally just everyone yeah and Um, it's like what what when we fought yet we haven't fought a robot yet and uh and like Sonya Blade is like she'll kill you, but she'll kill you between her legs. We haven't fought <laughs> a fucking centaur yet, so let's throw Mataro in the mix. Yeah, and yeah, no, these, that's the thing with these games is that like they're they are sweet. They're a real like um, yeah, whatever. I'm not gonna think of a good analogy, but they're a real situation where like the harder you look at them, the more dumb they become. Oh. Like they're totally awesome at a surface level and even like an early mechanics level. But the deeper you dive on these games, the more you're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, There's another thing right there is video game mythology. The more games you make, the more ridiculous uh, the mythology gets. It's, It's one of those things where it's like if you make so many sequels. If you talk about any of these full blast, you're going to look like a crazy person. Especially the stories of fighting games that are just like completely arbitrary because everyone is going to fight everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like there's a war, but this is going to be settled by hand to hand combat. Uh, this is gonna be this can be handled one on one in multiple arenas. Uh, yeah, uh, here is something about this game that really bummed me out. It's that they like. Mortal Kombat, what it became known for, what it kind of like set this fire in America was these violent video games. They were bloody, you know, like playing Mortal Kombat in the 90s was just like going to the arcade, taking like a big like glass of blood and just chugging it in front of your friends. You know, it was just like gruesome and guts. And like, that's what everyone was blown away by. And it like sent fear into the hearts of like Christians and like parents everywhere. But this one is like way more reined in in terms of like the fatalities and stuff. It's like cart- it's like way more cartoon-like. Yeah. Uh, it's way more mass market uh, than, than the first two in terms yeah. of fatalities. Well, and like yeah. the animalities are goofy. <laughs> like it kind of lost like that like spunk. Well, it's very clear that one and two were like, what can we put in this game to make kids in an arcade look at it and play it? And number three was like, what can we put in this game to make kids' parents buy this for them? For it to be a lad in a house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you think about like the fatality that everyone remembers from the first game is Sub-Zero ripping another man's spine out. And just the little detail of that spine like hanging out there with the blood dripping it's really cool and it's like <laughs> semi-realistic and cartoony at the same time. So yeah, you get 
a, a total like just rush from seeing that. And yeah, they overdo it and make it super cartoony by part three. And now, now it's like in the current ones, it's like a game of has a, how disgustingly detailed we can make these. But because like, now they have the X-rays and stuff. Yeah. But going to back to that specific moment you just described with the spine ripping out in Mortal Kombat three. The, the spine ripping out fatality he goes to like grab the back and then it cuts to black and it just like the sound of a spine ripping yeah. out it's like a total censure of the moment yeah. uh, and it's just like that's like kind of the epitome of this game to me it's like it's like just trying to be like a, like a PG 13 version of something that was like a hard R franchise yeah, right I, I mean and that goes to my like why I, I'm both very critical of this game but love it a lot because we talked on the show like my first big time video game time was my dad would drop me off at a laundromat with 12 quarters and there was a Mortal Kombat 3 and I went from like playing with 12 quarters and having to go home or having to like just sit by myself for like after 20 minutes to being able to like play on a dollar for four hours um, and just like <laughs> beat anyone who came in. Uh, um, and that was like my life as a kid with Mortal Kombat 3 and that was cool. But like even as I grow up and like look back at it now, it's like that game is has so many dumb things about it, but it's so much of it just appealed to me to being like a, you know, nine year old fucking kid. And just being like, that guy turns into a dragon or like, I could cut that dude's head off. This is incredible. And so like, it didn't occur to me how like censored it was until like I was a little bit older, Yeah. but it does, it does have a special place in my heart, but it also does like really like, if you remember that Simpsons episode where like, buy me Bone Storm or you go to hell, oh, yeah. um, like Bone Storm was clearly Mortal Kombat one and two and not really Mortal Kombat three. Like there's not that same degree of like violence attached to it in any real way. Yeah. And the thing is, though, I think another thing is, like, the more I think about it, because he is my favorite character, is that Johnny Cage is nowhere to be seen in this. And uh, I think there's, like, an ultimate super special edition where they just compiled all of the characters, and then you finally got to see him again, I think. Yeah, I believe but so. The thing, but the thing is, though, I love that character so much because he is the one that definitely does not belong in this universe. He's just a movie star trying to get some extra street cred. <laughs> and he's in this absurd situation where the fate of the universe is at stake. I think he was just trying to expecting to fight some guy who doesn't have a personal trainer that he does. And it's like, no, you're going to be taking on a ninja hell skeleton who's going to warp you to his own dimension. And if you're lucky enough to survive that, you're going to take on this giant forearm mutant for who's like the last of his kind or whatever i mean and if you make it that far maybe the last guy won't eat your soul i mean that is that's truly the story of working in entertainment in los angeles exactly <laughs> I, I i just wanted to entertain uh but for me if i were to remake mortal Kombat and like make another movie i would just make johnny cage the central character and awesome. give it like a big trouble in little china thing just like the hapless white guy in the middle of this crazy battle royale for the fate of the universe. Yeah, I'd love to see the Mortal Kombat movie centered on Johnny Cage and Kung Lao. I've always I love Kung Lao. The, well, that's so what much. sucked about about the Mortal Kombat whole kind of miss was because like it was originally inspired by Jean Claude Van Damme, yeah. and like eventually when they were shooting the Mortal Kombat movie, they were gonna cast Jean Va Claude Van Damme as the character, mm -hmm. but he was already signed on to be in Street Fighter. Yeah, so it was just like a really. Uh, How was it that the Mortal Kombat movie so much in the Street Fighter movie, which had and the Street Fighter movie had Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia? Unbelievable! Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable um, how bad that movie was, given the amount of talent attached to it. Yeah, it's still that's still like uh, Street Fighter though is kind of worth it for the greatest screw you of all time in movies, which is when Shun Li gives her speech about how uh, how you know M Bison was chased off away by a bunch of villains 
villagers and he just says well the thing is for you m bison gracing your village was the defining moment of your life but for me it was Tuesday. And it's just like every <laughs> awful thing that goes in that movie is worth it for that moment because that is like one of the greatest screws I've ever yeah, heard. That line is very, very good. Also, it's very funny to remember that M. Bison uh, was originally the boxer's name and it stands for Mike Bison. <laughs> yeah, um, then that's just a f- certain... Yeah, certain allegations came out right around then, I remember, yeah, for they, Mr. Boxer. They made the Boxer. They, in America, they changed it to M. Bison became the bad, the bad guy's name. The bad guy's Balrog in Japan, and Balrog became the Boxer because they couldn't make M. Bison, who was clearly Mike Tyson in America. Yeah. But that's just a fun little translation thing. Um, but yeah, oh, I just want to say, well, I'm sorry, before you interrupt, there's like one thing while we're still talking about the movies, just before we get back to the game. You know who I've heard was rumored to play Johnny Cage uh, uh, when they were developing it, like very soon before they're ready to make the movie uh one cage nah, i wish uh no is uh brandon lee oh cool the crow yep and he died so it's kind of like everything but he was my understanding is they were ready to use him for mortal Kombat because i think that was shooting shortly after the crow so um, yeah. that would have been cool yeah. i think he would have yeah. been very good in that movie regardless give video game movies oscars because mm. nothing matters yeah give them oscars um should we take a quick commercial break and then come back and write this game yeah Oh, Griffin, I got a real problem. I ripped another guy's spine out, and now my Persian rug's all messed up. A classic scenario for a famous podcaster like yourself, Lux. But fear no more, because I have a new product uh, that we're selling today on Game Boys that's going to solve all your blood needs. That's great, because really, it's gross in here. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's called Lava. And we send you uh, each week uh, a hot tub of lava, and it's just going to burn all that blood right up. Just lava like melted rocks is what you're saying to me. (laughs) Yes, also known as magma. And I'll just pour that right on my Persian rug, and it takes the stain right out. You will never see that stain again, or any of your rug. Well, you know what they say, some sacrifices are worth it, and I hate that stain. Where do I sign up? Well, you can sign up, obviously, on GameBoys.com, which is a website. Uh, But uh, also, I I have a testimonial here uh, from uh, the Lava Man himself, uh, and he's got a little something to say about the product. That's right. Lava is there for all of your disposal needs. Don't limit yourself to blood, bone, and viscera. Do you have some questionable tax documents? Poof, they're gone. That TV that's just taking up too much room in your backyard because you won't throw away the garbage? Ah, Gone and all that. Hey, use this whole city block and eyesore? Lava is your answer. Straight from the La Brea Tar Pits. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's right. The, The famous Lava Pits of Los Angeles, baby. Game Boys promo code Game Boys. I'm convinced. Sign me up today. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Still Lux. Your coach is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Andrew Parker Scott. And we are still talking about Mortal Kombat 3. But this is the part of the show where we rate that game, ladies, gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. So we're going to go in a little quick rotation and give our final thoughts about the game and a rating on a scale from one to five joysticks. Andrew, you are our guest. So comment courtesy dictates you go first. Uh, and how many out of how many? One out of five joysticks. One out of five. So start with your thoughts. So my thoughts is... It's still a decent fighting game for the unskilled, but at the same time, it's something that it seems selfish to demand this much more money for something that's not an improvement. And it also, like, is, like, for me, the beginning of an entry into a dark, dark time that would not lift for 
probably a decade. So I'm going to have to give this one a very reluctant two two joysticks. That checks out to me. A, a bold, honest, emotional review. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get we don't get ratings that low that often except and for kingdom I, hearts but <laughs> oh. uh griffin's been very emotional about that yes, one actually, i've noticed yeah, it's almost like you're talking about your own rating from last week but griffin speaking of last week's <laughs> rating what's your this week rating um so i don't like these games uh in general the genre but i can like know i still know like which ones are good right it's like i don't like think like owning a sports car is cool but i also know which sport car i would get if i had to does that make sense yes but it's weird yes. to think of a scenario where you have to get a sports car but regardless <laughs> yeah. yeah if my hands are tied uh <laughs> to a sports so- car <laughs> I do a sports car going off a cliff, uh, which is uh, probably a preferable experience to me playing a Mortal Kombat game. But I love the movie. Uh, I love the Mortal Kombat movie so much. So I do understand kind of the love for the franchise. I think Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 are sick. And I think this one uh, isn't as gory. I think that's bad. I don't like the artwork style. They change it from like its oriental vibes to a more Western cartoony vibe. Uh, and ultimately, it just doesn't improve on anything and just kind of like it's a step backwards uh, for the series. Uh, and so for that, I'm going to give it a two as well. Mm, all right. Two joysticks. Yeah. You- like a, a number amount, a normal amount of joysticks for a controller, but an insufficient amount for my podcast. Right. I guess in the canon of our show, the controller is being used by like a multi armed robot. <laughs> um, or or a Shokan warrior. True. Yeah, the the four armed race of Goro. As, yeah, they can work five joysticks. They tried hard enough. Um, I'm all actually. We're all going to be a three musketeers right now. I'm also. I, I want to give it a two for all the reasons y'all have said and all the mechanical stuff we've talked about. But I do like have this like really intense emotional attachment to this game. <laughs> um, that I want to separate myself from because I know like as a game it's definitely a two, but like as a figure in my life it's like easily a three and a half. Um, so I'll split the finish diff. him. I'll give it. I'll split the diff and call it a two and a half because this game does have a couple little touches I like. I like the little baby blocks that come out when you do babalities. I like the animality as like a truly cruel taunting system that you give them their health back and then kill them by turning into an animal is pretty fucked up. Um, and I'm into that. I like it when things are fucked up. So yeah, I think we can call that a two and a half. I'll be the I'll be the generous Jerry on this episode. Um, <laughs> Classic phrase, generous Jerry. People use it all the time. But that means we have given our ratings, and it's time to go into everyone's favorite segment, Mentality Segments. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the segment segment. That's the part where me and Griffin give our give our guests little miniature segments that we have made up. Griffin, what's your segment this week? That's right, Lux. Welcome back to Two Truths and a High. Oh, the game I lose every time. Cool. <laughs> right. Uh, that's right, gentlemen. I have three facts about the Mortal Kombat franchise. Two of them are actual truths, and one of them is something that I wrote when I was high. Fact number one, Mortal Kombat became one of the key games leading to the 1993 U.S. Senate hearings on video game violence, which led to the creation of the ESRB. Fact number two, fans were confused when their beloved gory franchise was turned into a kid's TV show called Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. It featured G-rated violence and aired on the USA Network. Fact number three, Jean-Claude Van Damme sued Mortal Kombat not over likeness, but over defamation. His issue was that Cage's character animations didn't fully touch the ground when he did Van Damme's iconic splits. 
Do I need to repeat any of these for you guys? No, I'm trying to think. So fact one is about the that Mortal Kombat was so violent it created the ESRB. Fact number two is about the kids' television show with G-rated violence. And fact number three is about Van Damme's uh, suing the game over his splits. I'm going to go with two because I feel like I've heard... I feel in my memory, I've both heard of him suing the game and them being related to the ESRB, I feel like. So two seems and, right to me. Hmm. And our guest? I am going to say number three because... I honestly think Jean-Claude Van Damme was very quiet for the most part in the 90s because he had a few issues to work out himself. (laughs) And uh, also, I pay close attention to that. I think Johnny Cage gets even lower than Van Damme. Oh, take that, JCVD. Take that. Well, Andrew, it was a confident guess and a confident correct answer. You are right. (laughs) Well done. A true fan knew the splits animation. All too easy. (laughs) Uh, Flawless victory. This game will foil me forever. But speaking of old segments, we're bringing back an old one because that's right. It's everybody's favorite game about analingus. It's another round of Do They Eat All right. I've prepared. I've done my research on this one. I like like it when it comes back as a surprise. Yeah, no, I mean, you just got it in 15 episodes in a row. Like most analingus. Yeah, it's great. It's great when you least expect it. That's right. We're talking about whether or not these three characters from this game do or do not eat ass. You guys can decide together through cooperative conversation or competitively through conflict. The three characters we're going to discuss today are of course, Johnny Cage, Luke Kang, and Sonya Blade. So we'll start with Johnny Cage. We go in alphabetical order. Does Johnny Cage eat ass? Ooh. Hmm. Well, you're basically asking if the Van Damme split master extreme eats the booty. Yes. Hmm. I mean, you basically just you switch the words I said for synonyms for the words I said. And but yes, <laughs> for sure. That is what I mean. <laughs> oh, let's. Uh, I th- okay, I think absolutely in Bloodsport, definitely. <laughs> and that's what his character is really based on, that movie. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say a definite yes. Uh, I would say quite a bit during the peak of his powers and peak of his career and quite a bit more during his low, low moments. Okay, so, <laughs> For so, when- so what you mean is all the time. All the time. Quite, quite a bit before, quite a bit after. <laughs> uh, I would say, who knows, in Van Damme, maybe after sudden death, I think Johnny Cage, after he got that regrettable tattoo of his own name across his chest. Yeah, that's... A regrettable memento-like tattoo. Yeah, yeah, because it only works if it goes with his belt that says cage. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now he's got an outfit. All right, next <laughs> on the list is Liu Kang, defender from against the demons of Outworld. How do we feel about Liu Kang eating ass? Okay, I'm going to have to look this character up. He's the he's, one that's kind of the Bruce Lee stand-in. He's the main character. Yeah, 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 the main character we all forget about. Yeah, the yeah, main character that's... and most forgettable. Yeah. He's not. He's not my main character. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not mine either. Shouts to Kung Lao. Uh, yeah. This guy looks like he works for Sauron, and so I'm. I'm not. I'm out. <laughs> it's a no for me. <laughs> I would say Liu Kang does not because for a character that's completely risk free in his character design, I think he's risk free in his behavior. So I think he's Whoa. a. I think he's very traditional every step of the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his six pack, and it's it's nothing no. if not traditional. He has yeah. no time to experiment. He's doing setups. Yeah. yeah. Also, he's like kind of an aesthetic Shaolin monk type, so I think that that's sort of prohibitive yeah. as well. I agree. And finally, 
everyone's favorite uh, head scissors choking femme fatale, Sonya Blade. Does Sonya Blade eat ass? Hmm. Now, let's see here. I would say at what point in time in her life? Because I think as a straightforward military person, she didn't have time to fool around like this. But as I think she realized the world is a... A crazy, nonsensical, chaotic hellstorm. Mm-hmm. I I do think she started broadening horizons. So sure. I I would see it's kind of like you know when someone says that's changed as a person when they've gone to Europe. I think she's seen so, out- so a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think she's I think she's seen Outworld and she's learned a few things. That's true. I vibe that. That is a lot like Europe. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Outworld. <laughs> Outworld is a lot like Europe. Yeah. So she's probably weird well, sex-wise now. Well, it's kind of like you think, like, I think Shao Kahn would fit into some of the more, uh, I think, regrettable parts of Amsterdam because he's basically uh, a skullhead leather daddy. I yeah, mean, true. I was actually, it was funny, even you were, was like, when you were about to say where you was, I was like, yeah, he'd fit into the Netherlands pretty well. Oh, yeah, he basically, I mean, like, he, I'm sure, once again, another character that's awakened something in somebody because he shames you when you lose, you know. This is another back to my theory of, uh, first of all, Lux's theory that, you know, cops don't eat ass. She has a lot of cop vibes. Yeah. But again, back to my counter theory that a cop can eat ass if he's gone through some type of career transformation or if he's, you know, or if something, if the world of cops has been inverted somehow. So uh, maybe this cop, you know, she saw through the portal and uh, now she's into portals. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think she does eat ass. I think mostly, uh, like you you said, Andrew, it's the the emergent trauma of just engaging with like a world that is pure chaos and all the rules you saw it applied are wrong just pushes you into like some weird choice directions also I, I never thought of an interdimensional portal as an anus and now it's all I can think about yeah Griffin you really opened some minds broadened some that horizons is, that is what portal 3 is all about <laughs> oh gr- great uh, uh, um, okay well it's speaking of great it's been a fucking great episode Andrew you were a fucking awesome guest where can the people find more of your excellent stuff and more of you because I'm sure they're going to want to. Um, Let's see here. Uh, uh, every first Sunday of the month at the Pack Theater in Hollywood, I'm in the sketch group Patsy. Yeah. So please come see us. Uh, we'll talk to you. We love the attention. Uh, <laughs> on, uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at under the name KingNerd2008. Whoa, how'd you get that t- handle? Well, it cut it cuts you off pretty early on Twitter. So it'll just be King Nerd and uh but like the rest I got on Instagram. And yeah. I know it's probably better to use my real name, but I'm having too much fun making up names. Sure. So that's where you can find me currently. Um hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you know you guys can find the Game Boys Pod on Instagram. Or Griffin P. Davis on all social media sites and LinkedIn. Um, all right. And yeah, Game Boys Pod Instagram. Um, thank you to anyone who signed up for, donated to, or helped out with the PWR stuff and watched the stream. Yeah. That was awesome. It was an incredible show. It was really amazing. Um, so thank you to all the listeners who got involved with that. And thank you to, specifically, uh, Birdman for the review titled Killing It, where he says... Five stars. This is my single favorite podcast because A, because I don't have time to play video anymore and it's nice if I carelessly live through discussions of gameplay. B, those discussions evolve into more interesting things beyond the actual game itself depending on each guest's background, which keeps its episode fresh and original. C, the segments are fun and hilarious. Keep it up. Five stars. That was Birdman. Thank you, Birdman. And thank you for not singling out Lux. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to read your review, leave us five stars and a review and I'll read it on the show eventually. 
Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We are done here. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Andrew Parker Scott. Scott, your editor is Haley Clement. Your intern after music is by Matthew Morton. Your art is by Brittany Betts. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Game Boys Podcast! Cue the music! <laughs> <laughs>